You're listening to MHD Off the Record South LA Highlights, where I, Siobhan Taylor, speak with local organizations, small businesses, and individuals doing amazing work in South LA. Here, we uplift and highlight their work while keeping you informed of the resources available in our community. On this episode, we speak with Los Angeles artist Lilia Ramirez, also known as Lily Floor. Lily Floor is a painter, muralist, and cultural art educator. She fiercely champions youth in the arts, as well as using art as a tool for education, cultural awareness, civic engagement, healing, and transformation. Lily Floor hones her artistic ability to create vital images on canvas and walls that are representative of Angelinos. She is dedicated to teaching art in our community. This past summer, she taught art workshops to youth in all of our parks here in Council District 8 for our Summer Night Lights program. You can find her art all over Los Angeles and nearby cities on walls, light boxes, in schools, and more. Enjoy the show. Lily Floor, it is a pleasure to have you here as our South LA highlight. And before we even get all the way deep into your art, let's just get started with your background. Where did you grow up? Um, I actually was born in East LA. In General Hospital in Boyle Heights. And I actually lived um, most of my life in South Central, South South LA. So you so born in East LA, but technically a South Central baby. Yeah. And I moved around too a lot around here. I also um I went to Bulong and I went to um I, I where the school? Oh my God, I totally forgot. Yeah, Budline High Park oh. Avenue School. I went there. So we lived off of Crenshaw and Slauson, and then moved around South LA off of Fifty Fourth and and Slauson. And so you real South Central? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, yes, yes. And um, my family still has businesses here and still live here. My grandfather's house is off of Western and Forty Seventh. So my grandfather had his bar off was Western Bar off of Western and Slauson for almost four. 40 years and so yeah so i have family here and um, so your roots are really yeah south LA. it's south la very much I, at a certain time in the 80s my mom said okay we're gonna take you out of the hood so she tried she tried she did it for four years in in a suburban community which was in um the city of commerce and we lived there for about four years and then we moved back again because i mean <laughs> and then we back i mean why not though it's south, it's south la we're great yeah it's, it's wonderful she, she tried to do that but it wasn't affordable for her and i get right. it you know she tried and um so we ended up back here and you know it was it's, it's home you know exactly and so living here i can imagine how much inspired you artistically and in what ways would you say that living in south central and growing up here inspired you artistically I think artistically for me was that I had to take the RTD, which was the rough, tough, and dirty back in the 80s. That's the, for people who don't know, that was, we now have MTA. MTA. <laughs> so I remember RTD. People, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of young, but I remember RTD. Yeah. So I wrote the RTD, the MTA, um, in the 80s. Exactly. It was in ninth grade. So it was 1984, 85. I started writing the, uh, you know, writing the public, um, transportation system and that's when i started my public art projects 
<laughs> what what kind of public art projects? Well, you know, I hung out with graffiti crews. Hey, <laughs> let's just keep it real. Yeah, so I did. I did. I Special limitations. I think yeah, you're good. Well, I call it public art project because we were doing public art. <laughs> and expect. so, and so I, that's how I started. And I was inspired by watching, you know, the guys get down. And I was mostly a voyeur kind of like, you know, trying to hang out, trying to learn, you know, trying to be cool, had crushes on the boys, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> So I did, I did. I ain't gonna lie. And so I would take the 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 bus. And so I had my mom was you're not gonna go to you no know, manual arts. You're not gonna go to poche. No, no. You're I went either. to manual arts. My mom was like, no way. She's. I, I had friends that went there, and um, cousins too. Mm-hmm. And so family members. So she and I wanted to go there. And she's like, either you're gonna go to a Catholic school, or we're gonna bus you to your auntie's back to Bell Gardens. And I was like. I was like, don't waste your money. I'll just go to Bell Gardens. And so I did at 5.30, 5.45 in the morning. I was in the bus stop. At that time, we were in Mid-City off of 27th and Adams. And I was taking the bus right there off of Normandy and Vermont. So it's changed different buses. And so I just started taking the bus. And from there, I got inspired by public art and graffiti and the murals and the different um, scenery as I was traveling through through L.A., you know. And so it's just the ambience that, that really inspired me. And I wouldn't even call that mid city because that's still south. It's of the still south, freeway. and for me now they do, but for me back in the day, we're it was south central for us all over, it, you know. Yeah, and we know they. That's only recent. Yeah, we'll it was get into recent. the whole USC yeah, yeah, tech, technicality yes. since then because that's yes. that's really you know that's, yes. south, that's yes. south LA. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. So a lot of your experience in art and inspiration of art really just came from the, the street culture, especially in the eighties of the time. The streets at that of time. culture, yes, and graffiti at that time was really huge in the 80s yes really huge they even made a task force <laughs> <laughs> that's true that was there was a whole task force there was in the a 80s. Whole task force yeah. and so you were part of that culture sort of the underground culture of yes, art yes the underground culture of art so what inspired you to begin painting above ground? <laughs> okay, so what happened? What happened was, so of course in school I always excelled in like art and so my art teacher always put me in art contests and things like that and then as I was transition from middle school to high school, the teachers really pushed me to do art and I was like I don't want to do art just because you know you're telling me to do art you know because of course that's my rebellious spirit and to be fair graffiti (laughs) is more of a rebellious art yeah so I was like I don't want to be put in this pigeonhole but I was still an artist because I was still in dance music choir theater you know I was an artist you know hung out with the the artists the nomads the you know the unwanted you know and the other side of the school whatever and so I um I still managed to navigate within the arts in high school and uh, I still did art dabbled but I wasn't really fully full on until I actually was part of a youth movement in Los Angeles in 1990s where Ozo Motley, Black Eyed Peas and Quetzal, a lot of now Grammy uh, winners and, and nominated uh artist and well-known uh i started i was part of a youth movement in, in 1995 when we took over a building called the peace and justice center in downtown la and from there i started really developing my art artistic um talent that i did have but i never really developed it because i was never saw it as something in the future or anything so those are music artists were you doing music at the time or were no, you no i was dabbling in poetry and i did was part of a band too yeah i did I poetry, dabbled. were you a rapper 
Uh, I did a little bit of everything. See, I, I knew it. I, I had a feeling you was into some hip hop. A little, uh, definitely hip hop. <laughs> I knew it. it. I'm a, I'm a hip hop b girl, and I and okay. I also danced. You okay. know, I also did uh, breaking in the '80s with with my cousins and and Radiotron, all all of that. That was all my upbringing. All the subculture, graffiti, hip hop was how I was brought up. You know. And then it, of course, eventually evolved and dabbling in other things, of course, like, uh, for me, it was definitely my culture of like, uh, Mexican regional music and really getting in touch with those roots at that time that it became popular here in LA. But I also, at the same time, always my roots has been hip hop. And I love that because you just talked about, you know, your Mexican culture and then you're also talking about hip hop, which is very much an American and specifically, you know, black American culture yes. infused in West Coast culture. Yes. How how as an artist did you really see that intersection and how did you feel that intersection within yourself? Well, I saw it by living next and next to black families, you know, and my neighbors and and and. And my mom also making best friends with a single mother, too, as well. My mom was a single mother. And they were a black family, single mother of, like, four. And they uh, became friends without knowing the language. And with that, they introduced me. And they introduced me when I went to go visit Nina, rest in peace, to go see them. And the family, I would see her father, and he would be playing jazz. And blues, and I got introduced to jazz and blues by my neighbors, you know, and I consider them now family, and they are family. See, I love to hear that, because that's a part of South LA culture that I think people don't highlight enough, especially right now at a time when we're hearing so much divisiveness by our so-called civic leaders, right? Mm -hmm. And to hear the actual truth about what happens here in South LA and South Central about the intersection of our cultures and how we grew up together next door to each other to the point where we're, you know, we see the mix of cultures to the point where even black Angelinos have our own version of tacos, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, or enchiladas, our own versions yes. of that, that intersect where we seeing, like you said, you were introduced to jazz music and certain things that I'm sure you've incorporated into your own art through the fact that you were next door to black families. Yes. And we don't, I don't think that gets highlighted enough. I don't think so either, but I think I had a really beautiful experience just like even like in my mind, I should actually even paint it. It's just seeing this older person just in a console with records and just so happy to tell me about John Coltrane, which I had no idea who he was. And like also Miles Davis, like who are they, you know, like mm -hmm. so, but he didn't, I was, I was curious, you know, as an artist, of course, I'm curious and vice versa. They did with our family where they also got uh, invited to our family functions and they were there. And so we did this, um, uh, this uh, cultural exchange in a sense, you know, without even, we were just doing, we were just living mm -hmm. and helping each other too, because there were two single mothers struggling too. So it, it was not only just a part of your life and a part of who you are artistically, it was literally a part of your support network. Yes, yes. We were our support networks. And so that definitely was a big part of my development as as an artist, not only in music, but all what music entails is all are all forms of art, right? And right. so that everything's connected. Artists hang out with musicians, um, dancers, writers, you know, so we kind of all intercede with each other. Exactly. I think it's the creative minds coming yes. together and being just just to create. Yes. So that's how all the inspiration comes to you, right? Oh yes, yes. So what 
inspired you to really focus in on painting? Because that's something that is that you're really known for around yes. in, around Los Angeles. I well, I ended up going to community college. I went to a couple. <laughs> I went to um, LACC for a little bit when I lived uh, off of 27th, and already I did that for a little bit. And I was like, uh, I don't think I want to do theater because I thought I was going to do theater. And I was like, oh, this is like, uh, now it's too Hollywood. I ain't going to do that. So I didn't even like. <laughs> too South Central. Yeah, it's yeah. all this Hollywood Yeah, yeah stuff. it's too Hollywood for me. So I said, nah, forget it. So then my friend said, let's go to Compton Community College. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Like, that sounds like that my kind so of place. That's so funny. LACC, not for me, but Compton, yeah. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I went to Compton Community College. I really did. And so that was my awakening. When I went to Compton Community College when I was 19 years old, and my friends would pick me up in a little bug. They barely ran, but we made it. And we took a Latin American studies class. And I was, I had no idea of like social consciousness, awareness of anything. I had no idea. I was just living life, you know? And the teacher said, Oh, I want you to listen to KPFK for extra credit. Uh, you could listen to this show or that show, and you could read Carlos Castañeda. You could read uh, The True History, you know, Howard Dinn, you know, all these different books, you know. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read all of them for the extra credit. I didn't even care, right? I didn't even know what was going on politically, socially. I had no idea. So then when I read it after that, I was like, oh, my God, what kind of bubble am I living in? So I started questioning everything about my own self, my culture, everything around, right? So that's when it started. And then when I we did started doing youth work and, and organizing uh, through the conservation court, and then we did the that takeover in the nineties. I started seeing even in organizing was an issue, like of organizing with other people, and I had a hard time doing that. And Why did so, you have a hard time? I had a hard time because. Sometimes we would see like contradictions, you know, oh. the male chauvinist or like, you know, the activist and all those kinds of other oh, things, the, Ish the issues within, you know, and to me, I was like, oh, I'm not in it for this. This is such a drag. What can I do? So I started painting. So then that's when my friend said, hey, you know, you're a good painter. And I was just dabbling. And she's like, you're a good painter. And I'm her name is Penny um, Isis now. And so she's she's like, I'm like, no, I did every excuse in the book why I couldn't paint. But I was painting. I was sketching. And I was doing poetry. And I was doing you know, hip hop. I was a, um, a host for uh, the Foundation Collective and uh, Hip Hop Night on Tuesdays. I did all that, right? And then she's like, uh, I was like, no, I don't want to paint. And then next, you know, within the next week, she she brings her teacher that was her mentor at the time. And then he's like, oh, you're great. You should paint. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't, I don't have paints. I can afford it. Every excuse. Right. And then the next week he comes with an actual crate of paints, brushes and eight canvas um, gessoed old ones recycled. But he made them. He's like, here you go. You got to paint. So eliminated your excuses. Yes. And so there I was like, oh, my God. And I painted. And then I had my first show at the William Photography Center. Wow. And yeah. And that my friend saw my stuff. She's like, you got to give me in the show. I'm like, OK, I'll be in the show. And I was really nervous. And ever since then, I never stopped. <laughs> so that's what inspired you to just go ahead and make it like <sighs> your work. Yeah. And then that, that I thought I was going to be a child development teacher. <laughs> I went to school for that. And then I ended up, and then when I did, and then I did that. And then actually at that time, I took uh, an art class just for the elective to fulfill my requirements for my AA in child development. And I was like, oh my God, I'm totally doing the wrong career. I got to do art. And I changed my, 
my major toward. Wow. But what's interesting, and we'll get into that in a, in a minute, you still incorporated your interest in child development and working with young people. Yes. So, we'll, and we'll get into that. I'm also interested in knowing what now, well, not just now, but then and now inspired your pieces. What kind of art were you creating at that time? At that time, I think I was just experimenting um, with uh, with different styles. I think, and I still am. But at that time, I was doing um, I was doing a lot of political art too. At that time, so you still so then and I still now. do. I <laughs> yes. still do. But I think back then I was doing it a little bit more. But I was always integrated a lot of nature within my art. I do a lot of like. Um, fractal type work within there, but people don't notice, but yes, yeah, in there. You said fractal? Fractals, like nature, like, uh, cellular structures. Okay. It looks abstract and you won't tell, you won't tell what it is unless you ask me, you know? I got They're you. in there, you know, sacred geometry, you know, that kind of thing. So I would do those kinds of things. And I think anything really, because I was really exploding and exploring mm-hmm. the art, but I definitely, have political and cultural work in my, in my so work. So what inspires your pieces now? That too. <laughs> that's that's what I was saying. It's, it yeah. seems like it's the same it's, now. It's sort of the same. Yeah, but I see myself adding more of, as I learned and I grew and I started, you know, reading more and, of course, developing in my own awareness and knowledge of, of just life in general and always evolving. Just uh, I think I right now I put more of... um the cosmology of of the Nahuatl or the my southern native family, you know. So I'm doing integrating more of the cosmology of of spiritual growth within that. Okay, so you feel like you incorporate it more into it. More, so it's not yes, just political. It's no, more spiritual. It has more of a spiritual essence, and um, definitely trying to focus on on bringing more joy. That's interesting. And happiness. So do you feel like before it was more like radical to be more jarring? Yes. And now it's more like, okay, let's, let's, I did that. Now let's incorporate some spirituality to bring more joy. Yeah, more joy. To my politics. More, more healing. More yeah, healing. More healing, yeah. I, I, like, I love that. Yeah. Because I understand that. I understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Because after you get jarred and you get moved, yeah. then what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then right now I figured, and even the last four years, even pre-COVID, I was like, oh, you know, there's so much chaos happening in the world. We already know that's going on. We have the internet with constant bombardment of images and videos and that kind of thing. Let's, I want to put something that makes people feel happy. Right. I love that. And myself, it makes me feel happier. Exactly. You know, pretty things. <laughs> I, I love that. And- you know, you just mentioned how, you know, initially your background, you wanted to get educated in child development. And you thought that's where your destiny was going to lead you. But to some degree, you kind of took it back there with your focus on art education. Yes. And I'm curious to know why you feel art education is important and how did you get back into that? Or how did you get back into working with youth? Well, after I changed my major and I decided to do that major change, I took a job at an after-school program in East L.A. called Obregon Park, and I developed the art programming there from scratch, pretty much, and took a pay cut and all those things because I wanted to pursue a career now as an artist, and I needed to work within the art realm, and it was working with youth 
why not integrate the uh, my training from child development within the arts and kind of combine that. And so that worked well, it did. And it still does. Um, and then eventually I started, I moved from there and I started uh, working more youth programs and still kept working. And so at that time, also people thought I actually had a, a degree or a bachelor's and I didn't. But I worked so much that people kept hiring me, but I only was able to hit a, cert a certain level of, you know, also pay, right? Mm -hmm. So I ended up going back to school in 2003, and then I went to UCLA and graduated in 2006 in the World Arts and Cultural Program. And I studied, well, my major was uh, cultural studies within the art department because I figured I already know how to paint. I don't need to learn how to paint. I want to be able to integrate uh, our culture within what I already do and do art programming. So with that understanding, how did you then begin to really see the connection or the importance of art and education? Yeah, the, uh, it's really important because, um, Unfortunately, we live in a world where you do need an education, right? Mm -hmm. uh, even if you're doing art, sometimes they're like, oh, you don't have an MFA. I'm like, no, I don't have an MFA. You know, even now. And that's a master's know, in fine art for people who aren't. Yeah, master's in fine art. So sometimes, you know, it's even, I mean, I don't have a master's in fine arts. But I'm okay with it now. You know what I mean? Because I think I... uh a lot of famous people have never even had an MFA. That was mm -hmm. such a thing, you know. Right. It's just, I think, passion and perseverance. But I think um, definitely education is very important. So anyone, you know, nowadays, especially if you're working with youth specifically, if that's what you're going to do, education is definitely very important because um, as an artist, we we have our own way of maneuvering how to how to speak to people and those kinds of things. And I think training and understanding child development and how kids develop and how we interact with them as artists and art teachers is very important because we could, we could damage children by saying the wrong thing, which we think it might be right, mm. you know? And so I learned that along the way with training in art education. So, oh, so you actually learned also how to work with young people yes. as an artist. Through through the years I've worked for like, you know, Artworks LA, they do an excellent job at training artists. And I think they're an amazing uh, organization that I worked for for a couple of years. And I had a couple artist residencies and other like Theater of Hearts, uh, different uh, organizations that really train their artists, their teaching artists. That's interesting because when I was asking the question, I wasn't even really thinking about formal education. I was just thinking about educating yourself as an artist artistically. But you're saying even formal education has a space in art. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. For me, it did. And also like um, uh, in any form really of art that you're going to work, whether it's going to be in a museum, a gallery, you do need some type of education, but not all the time. Experience is okay, too. So when why is it important to even encourage art education or even art at all within youth and young people? Why is that something that's also important to you? Because teaching young people art is something that's important to you as well. Yes. I think it's important because, I mean, society doesn't see it as important. We're like at the bottom of the barrel of like funding, right? Most right. of the time. Most of the time. It's usually the, the arts that goes first before the sports, right? And not all children are are um 
they're different types of learners. So some kids are visual learners. You know, I was a visual learner. I needed to see it. I need to be hands-on. You know, I some stuff I didn't get, like math. So right now, like we're doing, we did doing a grid for a, a school program. And so they're learning mathematics, the basics, how to do a grid, how to measure, and about square footage and inches and those kinds of, how to convert those different things. You're learning, you know. It's a lot, it, this has a lot of good life lessons. Also, other types of life lessons even within art so art is a very important thing it heals people and it it makes you look at the world with different perspectives it's so interesting so you're saying that art actually serves a purpose for many as as an educational tool in many areas so emotionally i think some people can would pretty much say well yeah that's a given art is definitely an expression but you're saying actually it's a tool for math and I'm sure it's also a tool for science. If you think about the different mediums of art, right? Yes. Paint. What do you use to make your art? The chemistry. The yeah. chemistry, right? Um, and especially, like you said, geometry and measurements, converting your measurements. I remember once I was at an event. It was a tech event. And there was a guy from a from some big tech company. It was a, a, a African-American guy. And he was pointing out that we tell our young people as athletes that they're not mathematicians. He said, and the reality is they probably understand physics better than anybody else because they feel the physics in their body. They understand motion. They understand how much pressure and how much force their hands, their feet, their body needs to have in order for a ball to get pushed to a certain speed at a certain length, at a certain you know, all those details are there and we've never told them that's physics. Mm-hmm. We never told them they're experts in physics. And it's the same thing with art. We've never told our artists, hey, you're experts in chemistry. You're experts in math. And what you're saying is like, wow, I never actually connected those dots in the same way. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. So as an art educator for young people, you can actually point out, hey, art is a tool not only for your healing, and for many other things, it's your science, it's your math. It can be so many other ways that you're being history. educated. History. Absolutely. We're it's documenting a, history. You're documenting history. In fact, for a lot of your work, you have probably have to do some research on history. All of that. So you'll know what you're painting about. Who are these people that you're painting in these murals? Exactly. And all of that. And so let's get let's even get into that. Because not only are you big on art education, you're big on taking art beyond the gallery and bringing it to the community. Because you're one of the, first of all, I look around the city sometimes, see if I can figure, is that Lily Floor? And I see a little thing, your, yeah, little, your little signature in the oh. bottom. You know, and because your art is all over the city oh, and, and neighboring cities. <laughs> and I love that. And uh, why is it important to you to take art beyond the gallery and into the community? Beyond the in the streets, like in the murals, st- like, yeah, in oh, the yeah. streets. Well, I think it's a good opportunity to do that um, because it creates community and it creates um, a sense of belonging for for the people involved. And usually, when I do public art like that, like the one I did, uh, the beautification project we did off of Fifty uh, Fourth and Main in the alleys with Nonia Labasi and. Another artist named Fernando. We we did uh, I, two murals each, I think, like that. So we did the we did the alleys off of Fifty Fourth and Main, and um, and it really built community because the community got together, and they were like, 
no one's going to mess with your art. And I'm like, really? Until this day, there's not been one time I have gone in the last five, six, seven years to fix anything because it's been untouched. I think wow. it's probably been the only two murals I've, I've not been touched that I've done. Wow. Um, have not been tagged, graffiti, nothing. And it's right in the neighborhood, in the alleys. And so they beautified the, the, those alleys. I don't know if you know about that project. They started beautifying those alleys. And what they ended up uh, doing, the community would come and say, you know, I really appreciate you. They come and stand with me. Sometimes they bring me food, water. We talk, you know, passerbys. And this happens all the time in all kinds all all kinds of communities that I go and work either by myself or with, with the community painting with me. Um, it's, it's a way to build community and, mm -hmm. uh, and start conversations, especially if you have a certain theme, if this, if it's a, it's a theme about culture or if it's political, the, the community wants to talk about it and mm -hmm. they want to talk about their own experiences and share with me, you know? So it's, it's a way to build dialogue and also a way to engage people and civic engagement. So mm -hmm. it, it happens, you know? Like, Absolutely. In fact, we had Karen Mack on from LA Commons to uh -huh. talk about um, the role of art in the community. We talk about it making communities more walkable. And, and in fact, we talked about the economic impact on communities by having art in, yeah. in the community. And, you know, she's and she's her background is actually business. So these are yes. things that she talks oh, about. Okay, okay. And it's interesting talking to you and you talk about the civic engagement piece of this. But then another thing that you talk about is how art is healing. And, you t and, and I'm sure that's healing not just for you personally, but even what you're describing now is people get to talk to you about their experiences, which I believe contributes to communal healing. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? How is art a medium of both personal and communal communal healing? Well, yeah, that's uh, one of the examples is like um, when they talk about their own experiences. And maybe that's, I don't know, I never really asked, but some of them, it might be the first time sharing. Or maybe, you know, it's something they really want to express, you know, at the moment. So I think even having, uh, that provides, uh, as we're painting, I tell people, when we're painting live, a mural is like if you're going to go see a live co music concert, but we have a brush, you know. So I've actually had people come with a chair or chairs and just prop their chairs down, bring their drinks, their food, and just, I'm going to sit here and watch you. And they've asked me, can I watch you sit here? I'm like, yeah. And so I'm painting and they're like, so that's their healing. If that's the way, like, you know. Their walk around the neighborhood, that to them sitting and being outdoors is a way of healing and watching art, right? That's one form. And then also, like, the colors. The colors are vibrate in a high vibration. And so colors are also a vibratory healing, you know. they have. What a, does that mean, on a, to vibrate on a high vibration? They have a megahertz, you know, like like flowers or or music has, has a, they vi it vibrates, you know. Every color has its own vibration. I don't know exactly which ones are what, but or what on the mount, but they do vibrate, you know. And so, and then I know that some colors, like we said, purple is royalty and healing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Brown is for the earth, you know, like, and then we have the yellow for the sun, you know, so they, they all have a, a vibration and a color that heals not only that we know instinctively in our body knows it and picks it up when we're passing by, but culturally we know it through our clothes and our traditions, right? They, they come in those ways. So those are one of the many ways. And another example I could say is, uh, 
I had a lady uh, one time. I did uh, I did a piece, and it was a political piece of the women of Juarez that were being killed at, at the border of El Paso, Texas. You know, a couple years ago. And she came up to the piece. I had an exhibit, and she came up to it, and she just started crying. She's like, and it meant totally something different to her. She was like, this reminds me of of my, uh, she said, of my mother because she went through cancer. So a whole, a whole different. different thing. But she was crying, and I didn't stop that process for her. I let her have that, you know, and. And really, for me, when it happens like that, and it's happened with other other people, see other things and feel other have other feelings because there's feelings that evokes feelings. Um, that's theirs, you know. I tell them, no, don't you know? I don't do that's that. That's not what my art is about. Yeah, that's not what it's about. I'm like, it's cool. Like, oh, and let me give you a hug, and I give her a hug, and we're like, oh, that's good. I'm glad you feel happy about it. And and she bought a print, and then uh, I think later on she said, this is. I said, no, but it's yours. <laughs> I love that. You know. I love that. So you allow space for your art to be not just about your expression and what, you know, this political meaning yeah. for you. And even and that doesn't take away the political meaning no. either. You also understand that for someone else, it can evoke an emotion or trigger something in them that's personal to them. Yeah, so I did a woman almost like on a cross, right? And I put a bunch of crosses, and it was pink. So her reminding her of the pink because of cancer, and oh. then the crosses, you know, death, you know. But but it's also sacred our bodies, you know. Right. So it's okay. It could be for that too. I don't care. You know right. what I mean? I wasn't gonna be like, no. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So another big theme, or some of the biggest themes in your art, also connect to cultural history and memory. Um, why is that something that you want to make sure is reflected, that cultural history and cultural memory? Yeah, I do that too. I uh, juxtapose a lot of uh, iconography from from my Nahuatl Native Southern culture. Um, I think it's really important to do that because, one, I'm learning about it, and I've been learning about it. So for me, it's a process of learning and so um, painters in our in our tradition were considered also very uh, highly respected, right? We were we documented history. So uh, my ancestors did. I'm like I want to try to learn some of the iconography and how to do the old, you know, the old images and understand them. So really, that's really that where it comes from for me learning. So if I put something on that, that means I studied it. Mm-hmm. That means I I learned what. That means or what it is, or I really liked it or resonated with me, and I wanted to paint it. So that's really where that comes from, and it's just more just studying hieroglyphs and those kinds of things and sacred sites, which I've done, you know, and I still do to this day. Um, so to me, it's just my own relearning and trying to put back the pieces of our ancestors that were burned mm. and destroyed. You know, because we're all just trying to piece it together. Right. You know, and so it's like, so to me, I'm part of trying to piece it together. You know, I relate so much to that. Everything that you're saying as a black woman, which is the other thing I love about your art, because I feel like I can connect to so much of that trying to piece your history together. Because as a black woman, as a specifically an African-American woman, so much of our history has been ripped away from us. And I feel like I'm always constantly trying to research to connect to that, to understand that trying to learn more about our history in the Americas and before, right? What that looked like. I'm often finding this cross between 
Black culture in the Americas and what we now call Latin American culture. Like, for example, I just learned that horchata actually is African. Mm-hmm. I recently learned that. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? I looked it up. It originally comes from a, a West African plant. And mm-hmm. I did not know this. D- learning these sort of things and seeing that reflected in, you know, art and in the ways that, you know, we want to try to piece these things together. It's like, oh, there's this connection here. Yeah. And like, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I respect so much of your your work because I can definitely connect to mm-hmm. trying to piece my history together the same way I feel like you're able to do that. Now, I'm not an artist, so I, yeah. I have to just live live that through your work and the work of other artists. But I, I, I connect to that. So I think that's also part of when we talk about communal healing is when I can see other artists going through their process and I can relate to that process. Yeah. I respect that so much. Thank you. You're wonderful. So before we get out of here, what are some events or projects you have coming up? Events or projects? Uh, well, we just finished, and I say we. I mean, I was asked to uh, design and lead the, a mural for Los Angeles for the Wakanda Forever. We did one um, and off of Whittier McBride in East LA, and so it was to introduce the character Namor from the movie, um, the Black Panther movie, and uh, Wakanda Forever. And Sonji, my friend here, she um, helped me. Um, make it happen. Shout out to Sonji. Sonji's in the studio with us. Yeah, she's here from the UK visiting, but she's not from the UK, but she's a native. And she, but she's here for now. She's back and forth. She's um, traveling the world. And so she came and helped me out. And so did I. Um, shout out to the other artist, Keo, Keo One, that also rocked it, that helped, was part of the team to make it happen. So we represented Los Angeles overall. And so there was three murals in Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago for the premiere and the opening of Wakanda Forever. Where can they see the mural? It's off of McBride and Whittier in East LA. And they specifically did it because they wanted to make sure that East LA and the native indigenous people were represented. So that was really cool. And um, so anyone could come and see it. It's going to be up for another two months and then it's going to go down. Then the next thing I have coming up, I'm painting a mural at Linwood Elementary School. And Sonji, of course, is also helping me out too with that. And that's uh, that's a teaching mural. So the kids are going to paint it. So I'm actually just, we're guiding them through the process. Beautiful. And that's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be at Abbott Elementary School. And then the other thing. The real Abbott Elementary School, not the TV show. Yeah, no, that's the school. And so um, the other project we have coming, I think it's in Inglewood. It's another project. um, Crecemos Juntos is a program um, that helps small businesses. So we're going to beautify somewhere off of Crenshaw. I'm not sure if it's Inglewood over here, but it's off of Crenshaw somewhere. So it's two businesses. So that's up in the works. It's not, but, you know, I think it's going to happen. So. Yeah. You stay busy. Yeah, so I'm booked till next year. So, oh my goodness. So to you stay like booked. The middle. I'm grateful. Lately, yes. I mean, I'm. Kid you not. For artists, it's been good. COVID has was good to us. <laughs> the pandemic. The yes. pandemic was good to us. Not that COVID, nothing. But the pandemic quarantine really helped us to really re reanalyze what's important in all our lives, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people really um dug de- deep to see what was important to them. And so that happened. The arts really came forward and started like booming. I, you know, I'm sometimes there are, even in the dark moments, especially for a lot of artistic and creative people, 
that's when we can really begin to grow and blossom to some of, you know, and really dig deep yes. into ourselves. So I understand exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. Where and how can people support your work? Okay. Um, you could log on to my my website is www.liliflorart, L-I-L-I-F-L-O-R, Lily Flor, like Lily Flower, art, A-R-T dot com, or you can find me on Instagram at Lily Flor Art on Instagram or on Facebook at Lily Flor Art or on Twitter. But my Twitter, just FYI, is more political, less of my art. This is the art, but I'm, this is where you can see me get down um, sometimes, but I do. <laughs> um, Lily Flor Art at, on Twitter and all social medias and platforms. And we'll have that available for you in the show notes. Yes. Thank you so much, Lily Floor, for joining us here on MHD Off the Record, South LA Highlights. It's been a pleasure. It's a pleasure, Siobhan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to MHD Off the Record. And special thank you to Felicia, the poetess Morris of Morris Media Studios in Lamert Park. For more information, please visit MHDCD8.com and follow at MHDCD8 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to rate us five stars, subscribe, and share with a friend.